passion and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 2 Podcast. This might be college football, And welcome back as we continue here, second hour of our program, and let's check in with Noah next in South Carolina. Hello, Noah. Hey. Good afternoon. How are you? Good. I would like to talk about how Washington almost uh, screwed up and lost to Texas. Sure. What, what, how did you see it? Uh, I saw that Washington should have just nailed and ran a little bit off the clock and punted it away so Texas would have even less time to go down and score. Yeah, that's a good, well, that's a good observation. But they, uh, I think because, number one, the game ended at nearly 1 o'clock in the morning uh, and the other game was so much more uh, heralded because of the coaches and, and the two teams. But we were, we, were, we, were, uh, we were one bad pass away from one of the most epic choke jobs in college football history. Yeah. Maybe any history. That was. Yeah, that was a crazy game for sure. Well, I'm, uh, how old are you, Noah? I'm 12. Well, you're doing great. You keep uh, keep calling, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again very, very soon. Thank you very much. Braden is up next in South Carolina. Hello, Braden. Hello. Hey, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, thanks for calling. Um. Hello. Uh, I just want to talk about the Rose Bowl and how Michigan pulled out in overtime. Sure. Go right ahead. Um, I think it was a really great game. Um, their defense definitely showed up to stop Alabama at the end, and um, I think they definitely deserve the win. Well, that is good to hear. Braden, you take care of yourself. Uh, let's check in with Swamp Dog up next. Good afternoon. Hello, Mr. Paul. How are you today? We are doing great. Good to hear from you. It's great to talk to you again. I talked to you a few times in the last couple of weeks. Um, what I want to talk to you about today is the next year's SEC championship game. Okay. Uh, I know the new format and everything for it. Uh, no divisions and everything. There's just going to top two teams play. And what I can see is that uh, both of those teams may have two losses when they play each other. And uh, what I want to ask, does the team that loses that game with three losses fall out of the top 12? Can you see that scenario happening? I know it depends on why. Uh, I don't think it's very likely unless the team really somewhat limped into the championship game, which seems hard to believe. Uh, right. You think you think about uh, I mean, the only thing I could point to good, is right? – <laughs> Alabama, let's see, I mean, Georgia lost a championship game two years ago and dropped from, what, yeah. one to uh, three? One to four. Something like three that. Four. Uh, yeah. It, it, I, I don't – I think it depends. I think it would have to be somewhat of a – the second team. I, I can't imagine the second team being a fringe team. So my mm-hmm. guess is it's not going to cost you very much. Okay, well – I kind of agree with you. I'm glad you said that. It makes me feel a little bit better about it with 12 of them. And I want to ask you about something else real quick. We talked about some music a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Uh, our love of music. You have you love music. I love music. 
And uh, I mean, I talked to you about the Alban Brothers and Leonard Skinner. Do you remember that? Yes, sir. I do remember that. Yeah. And I said the uh, Alban Brothers had some influence on what Leonard Skinner became. We all know how great they are, you know. And uh, I mentioned the uh, Dwayne Alban tribute kind of with that slide guitar they used in Freebird. Right. And I know all. I know I man he hates Nick Saban. That's all he talks about is Nick Saban. I don't know why he hates him so much, but he does. I know he's an Auburn fan. I can kind of see it, but I'd like for him to come on and talk about something else besides Nick Saban, because I know he's got a lot of music knowledge, and I'd like to hear his response. Well, dog, he he, he does have a lot about. of music knowledge, but but he's got a disease, and uh, <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah, and and it's uh, well, it's called bameritis. And yeah. well, he just can't get over it. And by the way, there, if, you live in, if you live in Alabama and you're an Auburn fan, there, just, there isn't a cure. This isn't like you get an RNA vaccine. Uh, you can't go to CVS and say, hey, do you, do you, yeah. can, you, can you give me the shot for uh, Bameritis? <laughs> uh, you just have to. And, and think about this. Uh, you're, you're a dog fan, right? Yeah, sure, I am. Well, think yeah. about the last two times that Alabama has been to Auburn. That's Sheridan-Hare Stadium. Two years ago, right. uh, we're down to one play. The running back, uh, had he stayed in bounds, Alabama yeah. wins the game. This year, yeah. if, a, if a guy covers the punt, the game's over. If uh, mm -hmm. they stop them on fourth and 31, I mean, bo both, both games, mm -hmm. it was a 99% chance Auburn was going to win, and they, and they didn't get either win. So, so that's why I'm in. Is, is so eaten up, and, and his body is diseased with bamaritis. Thanks for the call. Uh, Jamari, how do you treat that? Uh, it, I, know what a do I know doctors are very patient, and you know, they, they, they always want to say it will take, if you go to, here's the deal, if you go to, the, if you go to a doctor with a basic cold, I'm not talking about the flu, uh, pneumonia, COVID, RSV, but if you basically have your garden variety flu, the doctor will tell you, go home, rest, drink a lot of fluids, uh, take a lot of vitamin C, and somewhere between five and seven days, it will go away, right? If you don't go to the doctor, it will go away between five and seven days. There's literally no cure. So going to a doctor makes you feel better. So you asked me, what's the cure for, for, for bamaritis? There's no cure. You're stuck with it. And you just have to hope that Nick Saban retires. You, just, you have to beg that, that he leaves. Because until, as long as Nick Saban is at Alabama, bamaritis will not only be an epidemic, It'll be a pandemic. Johnny B is up next. Hey, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I want to wish my mom. It's her birthday today, and I went to see her down at the lake house, and uh, she was happy to see me. And uh, she's she started quilting, and she she made this quilt, and it's got like her ten greatest achievements on it. Yes. Being a teacher, yeah. Being a teacher, handicapped kids, uh, her Sunday school class, having my sister, I'm glancing down through there, and there's nothing about me on there. 
And I said, Mom, what's up? She said, well, son, you made honorable mention, but I just <laughs> didn't have room to put you on there. That's great. <laughs> that is, that's how I feel sometimes. I hear you. Hey, um, Topmeyer was bringing out some stuff that I never really even thought a whole lot about is that limited, you know, we threw the bombs or we rolled out or maybe yeah. tried to run or, or throw to the back. But I didn't realize until he said that how predictable that would be in goal line situations. And it makes you wonder, why, why did you never think of maybe putting tie in for some of those different things? I don't know. I, I'm, I think this is going to be a debate, Johnny B, that we have all see, all during the off season, And I, I think ultimately... It was it was an it was a very uh, un, incomplete year for Tommy Reese in, t- in calling plays. He he had some great moments. The, the Georgia game was his defining afternoon, but uh, there were a lot of spotty moments as well. And, and unfortunately, sports is all about how you finish. That's the last memory. We'll take a short break. We are a long way from being done. We hope you'll stick around. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, Brand name treatments like Viagra or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com paul. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hims.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We are back, and we appreciate you sticking with us here, in spite of everything. Let's uh, ch- let's go to Dylan in South Carolina. Hello, Dylan. Hey, Paul. Uh, first of all, I want to wish you a happy New Year. Thank you very much. You too. Uh, I was just um, I was wondering uh, about how South Carolina went five and seven this year, and your thoughts about how the North Sellers is going to lead in next year. Oh, if you think they could at least get like a bowl game next year. Yeah, I think they'll get to a bowl game. Thanks, Dylan. Uh, I think I think Beamer did a really good job in recruiting. Uh, we're looking at the schedule. Kind of a nasty game early at Kentucky, LSU, uh, Ole Miss, Alabama. The first half of the season has got some landmines at Oklahoma, A&M. 
Missouri. I mean, it's. Uh, I definitely think they'll have a. They'll, they'll get to a bowl game. It's just a matter of a couple of those games they need to turn. But I'm, I'm mildly upbeat on on the Gamecocks next year. Jared is in Pennsylvania. Hello, Jared. Hey, Paul. Happy New Year. Can you hear me well, or should I? I should, no, I, you sound great. Okay. Um, just uh, three things, real quick. The fifth and sixth year seniors. Don't you think that's made parity in the uh, football season this year? Like, I think I, I heard somewhere, like, the North Carolina had, like, 15 or 16 fifth- and sixth-year seniors. Well, one reason for this, I mean, with- first of all, you, you've got the portal, you've got the transfer, you got, you, it's easy. Then you have the COVID year, too, which has given everybody an Correct. extra year. So, who did I hear the other right. day? One of the players in the game uh, had been there six years. Well, was Bo Nix was in for yeah, well, a few years. Yeah, well, I think Bo Nix uh, – I think Bo Nix – First game was in 1997. <laughs> He's been around a long time. Okay, uh, second second thing, uh, a caller earlier took took a little bit of the thunder, but with the new format, Florida, the teams like Florida State better get used to this because I don't think a committee is going to knock out an SEC team or a Big Ten team that loses to you know big no. schools. No. And has two and three, two maybe three losses to a team that goes twelve and zero in the ACC or whatever conferences there are. You're right. By the way, uh, Michael Penix has been there six years. You're 100 percent correct, and and I and I, I'm 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 in agreement with everyone that Florida State had a had no chance in that game. But those things don't matter. Yeah. Reputations and perceptions carry a long way. They stick to you and. Florida State really was damaged by that, and and every, almost everything else else they've done off the field, and yeah, if it comes down to a, a one-loss Florida State team next year versus a three-loss SEC team, uh, I think we'll see the same results. Hey, thank you very very much for the call. Ralph is up next in Alabama. Hello, Ralph. How you doing, Paul? Hey there. Good afternoon. Good. I mean, you you made my day when you said that about I man. You need to add a, you need to add Bama hater and the one from Georgia over there too. I can't. Oh, think you're of right. Name, but you you're right that. about that. Yeah, but you made my day. I well, thank you. you. Thank but you very much. What do you think about Nick Saban? You think he's going to stay or go? I I am undecided on that. I mean, there are a couple of signals uh, that that would indicate that he's uh, he's probably thinking about. It. But here here's the thing with Coach Saban, I don't think he knows the answer to that question right now. Uh, he's doing what any intelligent person would do, and he is super intelligent, is you don't make it in the middle of the crisis. Uh, what I mean by that is calm down, uh, take a few days off, talk, talk, talk it over with your family. I, I believe he's down in Florida right now with his wife. And, you know, you, go, you take a walk, uh, you just take it easy, you, comp, you, you decompress, and more than likely, you decide, I want to keep working, I want to keep doing it. Uh, but if you don't come up with that conclusion, then, then you know what the answer is. But I, I, I think that's got mo- – most people, how many people do you know, does anyone know, who leaves what they do willingly? Most of us get thrown out. Uh, and I fully expect that to happen later this afternoon for me. Um, it's, just, it's, just, it's just inevitable – and I, I once asked a, a, a football player, Ralph, thanks for the call. I, I said, I can't remember what uh, he, had, he had, his career had been over. And I said, you know, had you ever thought about leaving 
a little bit earlier, meaning I didn't want to ask him that the fact that he got cut after eight or nine or ten years in the NFL. He said, no, you never you you don't worry about that. As long as you can play, you play. And if they if they get rid of you, fine. But you, the one thing that no no athlete and I think this is also true for a coach, they never want to quit too early. See, to me, that would make sense, right? Yeah. Leave while you're on top. That's not how they think. They don't want to stop and go, and then the next year be watching somebody go, you know, I'm better than that guy. I could have been, I could have been out there. That's why you see Tom Brady, uh, you know, being so indecisive. That's why you see Michael Jordan come back. Uh, and that's why Nick Saban will not make a rash decision. And he just, he just went to the Final Four and lost in overtime. That would probably indicate to him he's still got it. We all know he does. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Vance is up next. Uh, hey, Vance, go right ahead. Hey, Paul. Uh, Paul, I, I've had a belly full of JK. What was it he said uh, the other day? He's looking for all the bammers. Yeah. Oh, okay, here's one for you. I would be utterly embarrassed to be bitching about Alabama and Nick Saban when my team is Miami, who has not done squat. And by the way, Paul, I'm interested on your opinion of this. The only way Miami could have ever come back is if Nick Saban went there. And the other thing is, I think Miami and Nebraska will never see their greatness again. What do you think? I don't think so either. Um, it, it's just Nebraska surprises me a little bit because Nebraska has real fans. Miami has fake fans. And they just can't get it done, and there are a lot of reasons for it. But the Nebraska that we knew growing up, and even as recently as 20 years ago, doesn't exist anymore for the 17-year-old. They don't, they don't know anything about Nebraska. They don't know who Tom no, Osborne is. They don't know who Bob Devaney uh, was. Uh, they don't think it's special to play a game at Nebraska. Well, neither is living there. The place is well. Cold that's that's a good point, but you but you see but the passion have, though. What, what was it? The they had a volleyball game a couple weeks ago that drew ninety five thousand people. They have great fans. I mean, I, I've only been there once to a football game, but it was very special. Uh, and I've 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 been almost everywhere after a fairly long career, but I would rank Lincoln, Nebraska, on a Saturday way way up there in terms of memorable and special uh, afternoons. Thanks so much for the call. Let's uh, check out Justin in, uh, in Mississippi. Hello, Justin. Hey, Paul. Uh, I wanted to get your opinion on, uh, are you surprised that Billy Napier is still the coach at Florida after how bad the season was? Uh, I certainly think, uh, you could have gone either way, but I understand the thought process. I, I think because they've pulled the trigger so many times now with Muschamp, with McElwain, with, with Mullen. Mullen's the one that I think they're starting to have a little bit of regret. I was talking to a former Florida player the other day, and the thought process on that is that he really wasn't that bad. Uh, in fact, he was, he was actually pretty good. And I just think they want to go to they want to go to the well with Napier. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of noise down there about uh, about many things, and the schedule next year is also uh, def is, is is suffocating. So I think they they have decided let let's let's roll the dice. Uh, I, I don't I'm not sure they were in a great position either to 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 pay a big buyout and, and was 
who are they going to get? I, I think you have to really know what you're doing when you fire a coach. Yeah, but I, uh, I mean, I don't have any like faith in Billy Napier. I mean, I don't have any confidence in him. He's, well, that uh, he hey, by the way, Justin, that's the real base. problem. Uh, there, there's no confidence in him either. Uh, most people don't and, believe and, uh, he can get it done. And, you know, players are transferring out. Yeah. I mean, uh, the recruiting class fell apart. I mean, I just think we need to move on from him, myself. Well, Justin, thank you for the call. He he has the most difficult task of any SEC coach next. Well, there's a couple that are, that are not far behind. But we will take a break. Reese Davis uh, will join us in a moment. We are really looking forward to hearing about uh, his experience in Pasadena as we turn the corner towards Houston. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Well, speaking of real answers, we have Reese Davis, uh, the host of College Game Day. He'll transition to college uh, game day basketball in a week or two. I don't. I, he probably doesn't even want to think about that yet. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we say hello to Reese. First of all, I, I have to, until late in, in, in the afternoon, early evening, and, until the famous uh, fourth and three, I was concerned for you because I thought the biggest story of the Rose Bowl was going to be this viral moment that you were involved with uh, on college game day. And I'll, I'll let you explain it because I, I don't want to screw it up and, and, and get in the, a worse position than we all thought you were. But I, I, you were just going along with what you do every, every week, uh, introducing something. Uh, pick it up from there. Well, as, as we all know, there's a very popular, trendy piece of apparel that Jalen Milrow and Terry on Arnold, I believe started at Alabama, which, you know, you're ubiquitous around Pasadena and my colleague uh, being myopic in their view and being more concerned with slang with which I was not aware of, um, you know, didn't understand at all what I was talking about, despite the fact that uh, Milrow and, and Terry and Arnold have done quite well, I think, with their length apparel. So I was explaining this and drawing the parallel between what Jalen Milrow had said uh, about Bill O'Brien doubting his ability to play quarterback, and then they they thought it was something else. And I was completely cr- clueless, Paul, because I'm totally honest with you. I I thought that they probably were talking about some. Uh, sexual slang that I was not aware <laughs> of, and I had no, I had no idea. And you know, the the only thing that has bothered me, and I say this somewhat tongue in cheek, is that anybody really thought that I had any idea about any alternate meaning. But as a result, 
I hope that apparel sales have soared, and I will be expecting some type of percentage from Jalen and Tarion as a result of this. Well, I mean, even 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 ESPN uh, hosts should be able to dip into NIL research. <laughs> what got me though was uh, the reaction from uh, you know the, the 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 social media world that is now proclaiming this as one of the greatest moments ever. And <laughs> I mean, you're st- I, unfortunately for you, and I've been there before. You're stuck with this now. I well, you know what? But it, it doesn't it doesn't really bother me because. You know what? Something happened with, with the whole Florida State thing, with all the Florida State fans who got upset with me for asking questions that were within the uh, college football playoff committee's protocol. And, you know, there are certain times that you have uh, friends in your life who can put things clearly. You know what you think, but they give you a really good way to think about it. And even though it wasn't a direct conversation, I had stumbled across something that Jay Billis had said one time about, um, about criticism. And if credit is criticism correct, and is it credible? And in the Florida State case, uh, it was not correct, nor was it credible. Therefore, I dismissed it. And so that's where that's sort of where I am with this. I was telling a story. There are a bunch of T-shirts up there, a bunch of sweatshirts, a bunch of hoodies. You know, it's been it's been obvious for since the early part of the season. I think is when all of this apparel started coming out. You know, so it's not like it was something new. So any uh, any critique or criticism that I would get from the outsiders as a result of this is neither correct nor credible. Therefore, I will dismiss it. Okay, let me let me actually get to what was we were all there for, and that was the game. Um, <laughs> I think that's what we were there. For. I will say this. Let me say this about that uh, deal. I enjoyed the fact that our show is loose enough. There's no prompter. There's no script. The only thing that I really took umbrage with was somebody wrote an article that said, when Herb Street said, you interrupted him right in the middle of his lead. The person, the reporter said, right in the middle of his read, which would imply there's a prompter, which is highly insulting to me, Paul. Almost <laughs> as insulting as when people question whether my hair is real or a toupee. So uh, I took that part as being insulting, but the the other uh, the other not so much. But I did I do like the fact that our show's loose enough that Pat felt comfortable to go. Wait a minute, what are you doing? And Joey and Desmond are laughing. I have no idea why. And you know I was like, okay, are you guys finished? Okay, let me show you how a professional finishes this. And so it turned out it turned out to be uh, it turned out to be a fun moment. Little did I know it was going to uh, it was going to win the day in the internet. Well, you did. Uh, what's interesting about your career, and I've, I've known you a long time, you started at some television stations that I don't think could have afforded a prompter, do you? <laughs> no, they, they barely did. And there were, there were a lot of them that, uh, that it didn't function very well if we did have one. So, yeah, that's the truth. That's a really good point. People say, how do you go without a prompter? It's like, well, if you didn't trust the person running one or didn't trust the prompter itself to function in the early days of TV, you had to had to learn to adapt. You, you've, you've done so many things. Uh, and and I, I know, because I have not been there very often, but I've been there enough to, to appreciate the Rose Bowl and, and how it just seemed to be a perfect day after some, some miserable days out there that you, that you and your crew had to in, in, endure. But it just the way it ended, uh, I'm just curious your observation of that. I mean, you immediately had to to turn it into uh, the post game and, and deal with mm-hmm. all that comes with that. But uh, take us through those final few moments of the game. 
It was, uh, you know, just speaking from a football standpoint, I mean, Michigan outplayed, out-schemed, uh, out, you know, out-executed Alabama from pretty much the second snap. I was in the first snap since they almost threw an interception, maybe not. But second snap on, they did, and yet um, Alabama had somehow gotten in position to almost steal the game. And right before that fourth down play, my thought was if they score, they'd better go for two because, they, you know, this does not favor them the longer that the game goes. So, uh, you know, I felt like it was it was one of those odd games. It's, um, you know, most of the time the better team doesn't win the team that plays better. Alabama certainly didn't play better, but they found ways to stay in the game for a long time. So in that, you know, it was almost um, weird the way the game ended, Paul, because, um, you know, whether – you know, whether it was pure quarterback power, whether there was a, an RPO tag to it, whether there was an option to throw the screen or whatever, or whether he should have followed the guard or the snap could have been better, all those different things. I think you just expected more of a, uh, you know, more of a moment, you know, <laughs> like more of a Willie or Willie not. And it was just like obvious from the beginning that this is not even going to be close. And I think because of that, it seemed a little abrupt, at the at the ending, you you know this big anticipation, couple of timeouts, fourth down play, and then it fizzled, and so it was sort of sort of fitting for a game that was a lot like a um, I don't know if I have the right wrestling terminology, but like one of those Greco-Roman wrestling things where they're just sort of leaning on each other and pushing each other. Maybe some guys slip every now and then, and um, you know it was entertaining and. Uh, Michigan, you know, Michigan deserves all the credit in the world. That's a really, really good team and a tough-minded team. But it wasn't the prettiest game, mostly because Alabama uh, had execution problems on both sides of the ball, particularly on offense. And then Michigan pretty much kept Alabama in the game with its various miscues and special teams. We're talking to Reese Davis. I want to go back about four or five months to right before the season began. Uh, you came on here and – I believe you picked Michigan uh, to to win it all, and you you caught a lot of flack for uh, your your not putting either Georgia or Alabama in there. And I, and I just want to go back to what you saw in this team, and 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 obviously they they have they still have one more game to go, but uh, there was a lot that you you were in on early in the season. Well, the the one thing was that they had McCarthy back to start, and they had two great running backs return, although Donovan Edwards hasn't been nearly the factor that I anticipated him being. And a lot of it was trust in their coaching staff and Sharon Moore and in Jim Harbaugh, obviously, to to shore up and replenish the, the pieces that they lost on the offensive line. They've done a very, very good job in offensive line recruiting and evaluation through the transfer portal and they put together great lines so i thought the other pieces were good the defense would be would be strong and they had a lot of veteran guys back and i just felt like that at that point in time that michigan was the most proven of the bunch uh paul honesty compels me to say i think that georgia probably has a better roster but if you recall at the time the thing that upset georgia people was well i, I want to see carson beck play he played and he proved himself, and, and they're a terrific team. But, you know, Michigan, uh, I felt Michigan was a more complete team at that time, and I just felt like that at that point that was the, that was the way to go. Let's get to Monday night uh, because uh, it, it is a very compelling matchup. It may not be what a lot of folks in my part of the country were hoping and rooting for, but nevertheless, uh, it is the last two undefeated standing. Uh, just your thoughts on what we're about to see. 
I think it's a really fascinating matchup because of the way Michigan wants to go about his business and the way they were able to bully Alabama and control the lines of scrimmage against a Washington team that has been told for the last several big games that you're going to get whipped on the line of scrimmage and somehow they just don't. I mean, those two tackles from Texas were supposed to wreck the Washington game plan and that didn't happen. So the, the things that they caused Alabama problems with by um, confusing their confusing their line, confusing their quarterback. Maybe the quarterback is, you know, while very talented, not nearly the the polished passer that Michael Penix is. They won't be able to do. Uh, so I, I expect this. Michigan's going to have to score more points than they did against Alabama. I can't fathom that they can win this game without getting into the 30s. And Washington is capable of winning the national championship. I walked out of the game against Oregon, the first one in the regular season in Seattle, and I had my son with me, and I, I looked at him and I said, both of those teams can win the national championship. And I believe Washington can win Monday night. Uh, Kalen DeBoer has been down this road before, maybe not at the FBS level, but he's got three national championships on his resume. His team doesn't flinch. That was a de facto road game in the Sugar Bowl against Texas the other night, and they won the game. So it's, um, I think they're really dangerous, and I think it's going to be great theater, the brute force of Michigan and this high-flying, unbelievable precision attack with a healthy dose of being physical uh, from Washington's standpoint, too, will be, uh, will be a great matchup, I think. Can't wait. Thanks so much, Reese. I know it's been that one of those weeks where you're flying halfway across the country just to turn around to – headed back in the same direction. Be well. We'll be watching Monday night. You too, Paul. Thank you. Thank you very much. Reese Davis joining us, the host of College Game Day. We'll take a short break. We've had a busy show already. Your phone calls are right around the corner. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. And there is some breaking news about Oklahoma now heading toward the SEC in football. Ted Roof, gone. He's been around. Georgia Tech, Vanderbilt, he was at Auburn under Chiswick. Brent Venables upgrading, although Brent Venables really is the defensive coordinator out there. We are back, and he should be. He's the best. He was at one time when he was a D.C., was the best in the entire college football world. Stringer is in Texas. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mr. Feinbaum. Uh you mentioned a while ago something about this Alabama virus and, yeah. uh, you know, how people had it, especially Auburn fans and all that. Well, you know, I've been living out in, in the Houston area for about 15 years, and uh, I'm originally from Alabama, uh, born an Auburn fan, and be there at War Eagle to the day I die. Sure. But I've made some observations uh, about, you know, you see a large number of Alabama fans, or they think they are. They're really not Alabama fans. They're Saban fans. And the reason I say that is if you start asking them questions about the University of Alabama, especially the history about uh, the university, um, they have no clue who Ray Perkins is or Mike Shula, or they've heard of Bear Bryant, but they don't know anything about Bear Bryant. Uh, They really don't know anything. Some of them don't even know that the university is in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. (laughs) So they're not Alabama fans. Come on, they they have to know that. Oh, believe me, I'm telling you. You said that. But you know, you know something though, uh, Stringer. When Bryant was there, 
the same thing could have been said. They were Bryant fans. Being from here, the reason that some of them know of Bear Bryant is because of the Texas A&M affiliation. Oh, okay. And that was because their grandparents or their granddad or somebody like that told them or their dad. Well, but, uh, I think you're a fan of A&M, Auburn. There are certain fan bases that are unique. You just don't become an A&M or an Auburn fan. Texas, Alabama, Florida, some of the bigger state schools, probably Oklahoma. I'm, I'm not that conversant on them. I hope to be very soon. I, I think you grow up in a big state and you gravitate. I mean, I, I spent most of my life in Alabama. And, yeah, you roll out of bed and become an Alabama fan. Excuse me, you roll out of the crib, I should say. I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Well, I, I, you listen, I, I don't, don't want to argue data. with you because I, I lived there for 32 years, but – I feel like I had a pretty good pulse on because it's 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 the biggest game in town where Auburn is very big. But it's it's usually my my family went there. I've got a relative that went there. I mean, I agriculture. I could be in engineering. It just depends on what your specialty is. Uh, but it's but a little more nuanced than Alabama. <laughs> True. Uh but what I was going to say is I've I traveled a lot, traveled all around the world, sure. and uh, a lot in the United States. And it's it, it's interesting. You see somebody with an Alabama shirt on or an Auburn shirt on, you know. I mean, it's it, it's always nice to see somebody from close to home. But um, ever since, and the first time I was at the Auburn-Alabama game when Nick Saban's first game in 2007. And that's yeah. another thing. They don't even, there's some that don't even know what year – that Nick Saban came to the University of Alabama. Would you, or, or do you believe, and, uh, like sometimes with, uh, you know, with, with certification or uh, you know, you know nat- being become a, nat- a natural citizen, you have to take a certain test. Do you think it's incumbent that we give Alabama fans a test on being able to identify Wallace Wade, Howard, Bryant, Stalling, Saban, Namath? Or do you think they could just put, you think that because they're sports fans, they can just become a fan because they like the team? I, uh, that's my point. I don't think they're Alabama fans. They're okay. Saban fans. If well, Saban went somewhere else, I'm going to give the man credit. Greatest football, college okay. football coach there's ever been. Uh, you got to give credit where credit's due. He just happens to be at Alabama right okay. now. Uh, hey, Stringer, thank you very much. We, we, I appreciate your call, but I, I do have to. I never want to be that guy who says, I know more than you. But I promise you, I was there during Mike Shula, Mike Price, Mike Dubose. I was there during Dennis Franchoni. Alabama fans are Alabama fans. They were Alabama fans before Nick Saban got there, and they'll be Alabama fans after Nick Saban. They love that culture. They love that school. Saban's very important, but there were a lot of there are uh, probably more Alabama fans nationally now because of Nick Saban, but within the state of Alabama, not much has changed. But thanks for your expertise from traveling all over the world. Michael is next up in Atlanta. Hello, Michael. Hello, uh, Mr. Paul Feinbaum. How are you? We are doing great. Thank you for calling. 
Yes, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I love your show. It's absolutely awesome. I tune into it every chance I get. Well, that is wonderful. Thank you. Yes, sir. You bet. I'm calling today uh, to find out uh, what your thoughts were on Quinshawn Judkins entering the transfer portal. I think that's the most ignorant decision I've ever heard in my entire career. I mean, Ole Miss has the opportunity and probably will start next year ranked in the top five in the season. And uh, the kid turns up and he's leaving. It makes no sense to me. I want Well, to I, I don't think it does about. make sense except for this reason. Uh, we're in a different era right now, and I'm just guessing that he wanted something that they weren't offering. This isn't the normal current stat. I mean, I, I think you've got you to remember, a lot of players have come in there. I don't know what they're getting. I don't really care. But uh, I think this is about money. I think this is about being respected or disrespected. Uh, he's still one of the great players in the conference. Thanks for the call. We are coming back with two more hours. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.